Hey, good evening, everyone. Welcome to another podcast episode of The Daily Mind. It is I, your host. Um, just tired. <laughs> just getting back. Just finally got in from work. It's just one of those days, mentally exhausting days. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Hopefully that uh, the rest of you had a pretty decent day. I can only hope. Um, so, yeah, we're ba- I'm back at it again. Today's Monday, so today is um, news out of a hat. Basically, my version of the news, just basically finding random news stories and Basically, just talking about them or giving my little two cents on them or whatever the case. I do it every Monday. So it seemed like I haven't done it in a while because truth be told, last week, last Monday, I didn't do one because I was in New York. Or did I do one last week? Maybe. I don't know. Seemed like I haven't done it in a while. So now I'm back at it again. And yeah, ready to go give you some more news. So let's see. Um, I already got a story for you. This one, uh, this first story. Let's see. I caught wind of this just last week, but it's still making its rounds throughout the media. Um, so what happened was this woman um, boarded a plane. Now, this is like a classic Home Alone, lost in New York kind of scenario where she boards this plane. She was supposed to go to Jacksonville. Somehow she got rushed onto this plane because she went to go take a bathroom break. She rushed on, she rushed on the plane. The plane goes, instead of going to Jacksonville, it goes to Jamaica. I'm not talking about Jamaica, Queens, JFK. I'm talking about Jamaica. Yeah, man. That type of Jamaica. So I'll get into that article real quick. Um, This is coming out of Fox 5 New York. Uh, It says, Frontier Airlines accidentally flies Florida-bound passenger to a foreign country without a passport. Now, you can imagine. Just imagine. You get on a bird, and you're like, okay, I'm heading to my destination. And they start asking for passports. Let's say you're going to Florida, right, from New York. And all of a sudden, asking for passports. And you're like, passports? You don't need a passport to go to Florida, right? And then they're like, no, you need a passport because we're going to a whole different land. You can imagine, like, your heart racing. Like, what the hell? So it says here, a New Jersey woman who intended to visit Florida claims that a gate change caused her to go to Jamaica instead of Jacksonville. I mean, they kind of do start with a J, right? (laughs) So it says, Gloucester County resident Beverly Ellis Hebert told WPBI that she regularly flies from Philadelphia to her second home in Jacksonville. Uh, she arrived at a gate for her November 6th flight that read Phil to Jax. So you know how the, the city's abbreviated PHO for Philly, JX for Jax, Jacksonville. She quoted on saying, I fly once every six weeks. I pick front, frontier flights because we flew so often, she explained. Um, Ellis Hebert asked a gate agent if she could quickly use the restroom. When she came back, the flight was almost fully boarded she was rushed to the plane. The gate agent said, come on, come on, give me your boarding pass. I would say I took about 10 steps. And she said, are you Beverly Ellis Hebert? The New Jersey resident explained. She says, yes. Um, no, she said that, uh, she said, um, she explained, <laughs> I'm sorry, tripping my words here. Um, she said, I, you know, I said, you just had my boarding pass. You just checked me in. Yes. She said, all right, go, go. Once she was on the plane, the flight crew told Ellis Hebert that the Jacksonville flight had a gate change and that the plane was en route to Jamaica. She uh, quote on saying, I laughed. I said, I would love to be going there, but I have a beach where I live. She recalled the flight attendant said, look at me. This plane is going to Jamaica. And I knew by the look on her face, she was not joking. So without a passport, um, Ellis Hebert was unable to leave the plane. Once it landed, she remained in the jetway, which she says is considered U.S. soil. Uh, The flight crew stayed with her until her flight to Philadelphia took off several hours later. Ellis Hebert said that the flight mishap was not not the only misfortune she experienced on the trip. 
When she put her personal travel bag in the baggage sizer, she scraped her arm. She said, I put it in where I went to take it out of my arm right here. Got all scraped up. I was bleeding, she explained. Uh, Frontier Airlines told Fox Business that they issued her uh, a full refund as compensation. She, they go on to say, we sincerely regret that the customer was able to board the wrong flight and have extended our apologies, a spokesperson said for Frontier. Also going on to say, we have provided her with the refund and compensation as well as address the matter with airport personnel. So like, think about it. You, like, I don't know how often that happens. But as soon as I heard about that story, it instantly brought me back to Home Alone, where, you know, part two to be particular, where the family was supposed to go, were flying to Miami, but he ends up on a flight to New York classic mistake right it must happen every day so she was lucky though but you know it's crazy how you could travel to another country by accident and they really like people are really crazy about their borders and people coming into their country especially after 9-11 so they held that woman at the jetway for the longest time they were like nope you're not touching jamaican soy without a passport not today lady not today and, uh, and that's just when you think about it, it's kind of mind-boggling to say the least but i mean this this is something that i guess happens quite often can you imagine what would you do if it happened to you? Like, what would be your reaction if somebody told you, "Hey, you're going to Japan instead of going to California"? Think about it. I mean, that's 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 big. I don't know what I do. I don't know if I'd be scared, happy, or a little bit of both. I, I honestly would not know. Okay, so um, let's see here. What other news articles I get going here? Let's see. Uh, I came across a few articles earlier, but of course. Um, now, I'm not seeing any. Just bear with me. I, I'll find some because there was some stories that, that caught my eye earlier. And I'm just like, hmm, maybe I should share this in the episode. But now I'm not even seeing them. And, of course, like there's the article with Jordan Neely. It's been popping up on my news feed um, all the time, like all day, um, all week, actually, since then. It's like the biggest news coming out of New York right now. Um, there's no telling where that's going to go. But I can tell you this. I'd be sure to tell you that if he, the guy, the accused, the the guy that choked them, doesn't get charged, it's gonna be a, it's gonna just be another set of riots or just disruptions of sorts. It's it, it's bound to happen. It's bound to happen. I don't know. You could. There's so many different ways to look at this. But again, I'm gonna save that for another episode. I'm trying to find some freaking news articles so I could just go ahead and you know, say my piece. Uh, let's see. Actually, I'm. I, I tell you what. I'm gonna take a trip on to CNN. See what CNN says, and then if CNN don't have any. I go to Fox. Listen, I don't side with CNN and Fox. I'm kind of like a moderate in the middle. I don't really, you know, they have two different agendas. We all know that. So, yeah. So the first thing that popped up um, is it uh, recently the most recent school shooting. I mean, sorry, not school shooting, uh, mass shooting at a Texas mall. They had two mass incidents in one week. They had one where one car ran over about seven to eight migrants at a bus stop, and then this happened right here. So the article, um, the headline is, What Texas Mall Shooter's Social Media Posts Reveal? Now, of course, to get to the root of the, you know, the shooter's intent, you got to look at all avenues. Their social media, phone calls, their friends, their family, who they spoke to last, what meal they ate last. The whole nine yards, you have to sit there and just assess. Um, it says here, the shooter who self-identified in some posts as an incel, oh God, had posted a screenshot showing what times a day the mall was busiest. Um, it says here some of the tidbits of um, of the shooting. Unfortunately, it says children were among the eight people killed at a Texas mall. As the Army reveals details about the gunman 
A veteran demands more gun control. Two families lost multiple loved ones in the Texas outlet shooting. And then there's also other little tidbits here um, that happened. Also, it says here uh, what they know about the gunman and his intent. So apparently, he's an incel. Now, if you, you some of you may know what the term incel is. Um, in short, it's basically a guy who you know doesn't really seem to get much action from any woman and just complains about women, this, that, this, that, this, that, whatever. Like, I don't know. But that's how he described himself. But also, too, an interesting note was that he was somewhat in the army. Now, I don't think you could really call him a veteran. He was discharged, apparently, because he showed some signs that were just not quite stable, which will probably explain a lot. And they will probably look more into this. And unfortunately, this is going to leave it. This is this really just boils down to that's another mental illness thing. I, I'm more than certain it's not the weapon. I think we're slowly starting to see that the weapons is not much the issue here. More or less, it's the mental illness aspect about it. And the more we see this, you know, we will have a better understanding of things, especially with, um, you know, with gun control and mental illness. Let's see here. Um, so this article on CNN. Um, the family of Jordan Neely, like I mentioned before, criticizes subway chokeholders' indifference as prosecutors meet with medical examiner's office. Now, before I get into this article, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just say this, right? Okay, so this man, Jordan Neely, was a performer, right? Apparently, we never knew that until now. Unfortunately, he passes, and then all these pictures and stuff come up. Now his family is getting involved, but my thing is this, okay? This man was homeless. He is mentally unstable. Where was the family then? A lot of people have been asking that question. Where was the family when this man needed them? But you got to take into account two sides of the coin is that the family may have tried all they could to help him and didn't. But now the family's coming out the woodwork. They're already talking about suing. They're already talking about like demanding some sort of justice. But a lot of people ask the question, well, where were you when this man needed you guys the most? But not everybody's story is the same. We can't rush too quick to judgment. But, you know, this is what people are thinking. It kind of had me thinking for a bit, too. But, again, I, I'm that type. I'm moderate. I like to see things from both sides. I don't normally just jump on one side. Anyway, once again, it says here, the family of Jordan Neely criticized subway chokeholders' indifference as prosecutors meet with medical examiner's office. So it says here, the family of Jordan Neely, the man who was held in a chokehold and died on the subway in New York last week, issued statement criticizing the indifference of the man who restrained Neely and calling for his imprisonment while prosecutors continue investigating investigating the case. Uh, quote on saying here, Daniel Penny's press release is not an apology nor an expression of regret. It is a character assassination and a clear example of why he believes he was entitled to take Jordan's life. Family attorney Dante Mills and Lennon Edwards said, um, also says here, uh, in the first paragraph, he talks about how good he is. In the next paragraph, he talks about how bad Jordan was. In an effort to convince us Jordan's life was worthless, the attorney said. The truth is, he knew nothing about Jordan's history when he intentionally wrapped his arms around Jordan's neck and squeezed and kept squeezing. Uh, let's see here. It says the statement was released amid growing pressure from protesters to bring criminal charges in Neely's death. Attorneys for Penny, the 24-year-old U.S. Marine veteran who put Neely in the fatal chokehold, have said he acted to protect himself and other rioters. The killing came as New York has tried to grapple with a growing population of unhoused people and a mental health crisis. Last year, New York City unveiled a plan to combat crime and address homelessness in the subway system, an issue that Governor Kathy Hochul referred to as a very real humanitarian crisis unfolding before our very eyes far, for far too long. Okay, 
See, the problem here is this. We could say New York City killed this man because they couldn't find him something. We could say his family let him die. We could say all these things. But one thing is for certain is that New York City is never going to do anything for, for the homeless. I'm going to be straight real about that. They rather cater to incoming migrants than helping their own citizens. And, and that's all around fucked up. Now, though, that's not to say that the migrants don't deserve any help. But you got people who, who, who have served in the military, who have like worked – you know, lived in New York and, and now, you know, they, they're, they, they need help. A lot of people who aren't even homeless still need help, but yet, you know, we're, we're, we're helping people who are not citizens of New York. And then now um, they want to address the mental health crisis. This has been a thing for years, the eighties and nineties, we've had people who are completely un, un, unstable in the subways. And you know what? Nobody gave a damn, nobody bat a damn eye, but now all of a sudden it's, it's a, uh, it's a big deal. I am going to make an episode about this Jordan Neely uh, uh, subject and self defense. You know, what the, the you know did was that really self defense? For what it sounded like um, from some witness statements was that Neely got on. He was on the train. He was acting erratic. Apparently, there's one report he threw something at a passenger. There was another report where he was just demanding food and money and so on and so on and so on, which is typical on the New York City subway. But there's so many different accounts. And then one thing. Isn't you know there's one piece of the puzzle missing? What about the two other guys that helped assist in that? Because it wasn't just um, it wasn't just the guy that was doing the chokehold that was there. There were two other people holding them down. It is clear as day in the video. So w w are we going to get them too? Or the agenda is that they're going to make this into a race thing where they have a white U.S. Marine veteran and a homeless black man as the agenda? Because if I'm not mistaken, if you look at the video, the other two guys were were, I, think, I believe, black. They were also black. So we need to get them, too, since they seem to have assisted in that. But again, I'm another episode. Uh, I'm getting too into it because it, it's it's a pretty big deal right now in New York. Very big deal. Um, well, I'm going to keep moving right along because this is all about the news. This isn't exactly about that particular thing. Um, let me see. All right. Well, you know, I, I, you guys are going to keep hearing, hearing ding-dongs <laughs> from my phone. Um, this seems to be sad news, though, for a lot of music lovers. Um, Some 41, God, I remember them from the early 2000s, late 90s. Um, they're disbanding after 27 years. This is according to CNN Entertainment. Some 41, right? I remember some of their hits in some of the earlier 2000 teen movies, video games. And God, when I think Some 41, I think instantly high school, automatically. Um, it says here, uh, Sum 41, the emo era band that bought hit tracks like Fat Lip and Into Deep to the iPods of millennials across the globe are disbanding after 27 years together. In a statement posted to Sum 41's Twitter on Monday, the band informed their followers that they will complete their current tour, release their final album, Heaven and Hell, and embark on a final worldwide headlining tour before going their separate ways. Quote, being in Sum 41 since 1996 brought us some of the best moments of our lives. The statement read, We are forever grateful to our fans, both old and new, who have supported us in every way. It is hard to articulate the love and respect we have for all of you, and we wanted you to hear this first from us. The statement went on to say they look forward to seeing their listeners on the road and that they are excited for what the future will bring each of us. Thank you for the last 27 years of Sum 41. They concluded. Don't get me wrong, I do like some of their music. Um, definitely grew up with it, especially, um, during high school and stuff. So, I mean, Hey, all things, all good things must come to an end. And, you know, maybe they're, 
they'll be set for life. Let's be honest. They'll be set for life. Maybe they might want to do something different or live, you know, just live a little, you know, just best, best, best to them, best to them. Okay. This next article, um, this one caught me off guard. Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah. The guy that gives you the 30 day Facebook punishments. So that guy, Mark Zuckerberg, I'm, I'm waiting on the article right now. This is uh pull up. Oh, don't fuck me. Oh, shit. Well, apparently it says here that he, um, let me see if I can find that article. There we go. Yeah, there it is. It says Mark Zuckerberg wins gold, silver, and what the fuck? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know what? Fuck the article. And in and, and short, it basically said that he um, won a jujitsu competition, gold, silver, and bronze. I guess he's getting tired of uh, people getting on him about 30-day ban, so he's willing to kick anybody's ass, I'm pretty sure, and he's training for it, okay? But, yeah, that, that was what the article said, but it's not – I'm sorry, that's not what the article said, but the article was highlighting his achievements. Um, And, um, yeah, I tried to read it, and it didn't work. So, yeah, I'm going to move right along. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, hmm Oh, this is sad. This is a sad, kind of a sad story. Christina Applegate, um, you guys know her as Kelly Bundy uh, from Married with Children. No, she did not pass away. I know it started, the buildup started to sound like that, but no, she hasn't. She's, she's still very much with us. Um, so as you guys know, she has multiple sclerosis, and I think now she's about to officially retire from TV and movies. Uh, Christina, it says here, Christina Applegate says she won't return to TV and film following multiple sclerosis diagnosis. Um, Christina Applegate says she's done with on-camera work while she is living with multiple sclerosis. The dead-to-me actress told Vanity Fair that her time on the hit Netflix series is probably her last and that she loved working with co-star Linda Cardellini. She quoted on saying, I'm probably not going to work on camera again, Applegate said. Ping pong is so much more fun when the other person is just as good as you are, she added, referring to the work with Cardellini. I'm so glad that I went out with someone who is by far the greatest actress I've ever worked with in my entire life, if not the greatest human I've ever known. Um, she was diagnosed with MS August of 2021. It says the disease affects the central nervous system and muscle control. She had been filming Dead to Me in the show pause production so she could start treatment. Applegate added that she will miss the show telling Vanity Fair that she loves her co-workers and crew, but that the past year has been a struggle. She quoted on saying, also, uh, I miss the experience of it, but at the same time, because it was such an incredible struggle this last year, I'm relieved that I no longer have to push so hard to get through my day. Well, I mean, best luck to you, Miss Applegate. I mean, you've given us quite a quite a quite a bit of a show for the past over thirty years, especially a married with children playing the uh, airhead Kelly Bundy. So, I mean, um, you got to do what you got to do. You got to remember your health comes first, and and you know, you, showbiz is everything. But you pretty much done it all. You got to take it slow and and focus on your health and live out your best uh, last years of your life. So, you know, best of luck to her as she now transitions into a uh another um another chapter in her life okay so yeah um let's see okay so remember the other thing i mentioned about texas not the mass shooting but the, the other uh mass event where um whatchamacallit somebody just ran over um eight people and just killed them apparently the eight people were migrants too and they're trying to figure out if there was some sort of racial motivation for it or just somehow somebody just so happened to lose control of their car at that particular moment so it says here driver and fatal crash outside texas migrant shelter 
uh, charged with eight counts of manslaughter. He killed eight people with a, with the with the Land Rover. Uh, it says here, the man who drove a vehicle into a group of people near a migrant shelter in Brownsville, Texas, on Sunday, killing eight and injuring more than injuring ten more, have been charged with eight counts of manslaughter. Brownsville police chief says on Monday. The driver was identified as George Alvarez, a 34-year-old with an extensive rap sheet, including prior charges of assault and driving while intoxicated, according to police. The vehicle he was driving ran a red light, lost control, and flipped on its side, hitting a total of 18 people, the chief said. Alvarez then tried to flee the scene, but he was detained by bystanders, police said. Uh, he was charged on the manslaughter counts as well as 10 counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, and his bond was set for 3.6 mil. Uh, police said they're still investigating the cause of the crash. Several immigrants were among those killed when the Land Rover hit the group, waiting at a bus stop across the street from the Bishop Enrique um, San Pedro Osnam Center, uh, a nonprofit homeless shelter helping to house migrants in the border town. Um, it says here, surveillance video of the incident shows vehicles driving at a high rate of speed, hitting a curb about 30 feet from where migrants were sitting before the driver appears to lose control. Um, it says there were about 20 to 25 migrants sitting on the curb around 8.30 a.m. when police report receive uh, receiving reports of the crash according to the shelter's director the migrants were from venezuela and have arrived at the shelter just days ago i mean that i don't you know i don't know what was happening in that situation but there's another reason is just to drive slow drive carefully now i wasn't there maybe the car pedal got stuck or something happened in in in, in lieu of all this um but yeah, that that's 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 sucked. Texas has been going through it these past few days between that and the mass shooting at the mall. You know, again, Texas is just always in the news for the wrong reasons. But that's just anywhere lately. I can't really like get on Texas. I mean, even you know, again, everybody's uh, everybody's just kind of getting something. Especially like Tennessee. It wasn't a good year for Tennessee either. Like we had um geez we had the nashville shooting um we had the chick from laverne's the cop and then all these tornadoes we we, we uh yeah we were, we were we're pretty much done out here too we're, we're not exempt we are not exempt uh let's see let's see what we got here hmm. let's see see if i got a couple of more articles i got about eight minutes kind of all over the place with these articles i'm just trying to find things that um you know just talk about it, I guess. Let's see. Uh, oh God, I don't want to hear about the island boys. I hate those. Those dudes are something else. One of them happened and just gotten arrested, but that that's not news. This is news though. Uh, Burger King. <laughs> Burger King is uh, being dethroned. Um, they are about to close up to four hundred stores. By the end of the year, it says here several franchisees have filed for bankruptcy so far in 2023. I could get into this debate about McDonald's and Burger King. That actually sounds like a really good episode coming soon. Um, <laughs> but it says here, this is on food news coming out of NBC4 New York. It says Burger King will close up to 400 stores by the end of the year. 400 stores. That is not a few. That's a lot of stores. Okay. Here we go. I'm going to get into it. It says the popular fast food chain Burger King plans to close up to 400 restaurants before the end of 2023. This week, the CEO of Restaurant Brands International, Inc., which owns Burger King, said they are preparing to close between 300 and 400 locations. The CEO, Josh uh, Joshua Kobza, said in a calling annou announcing 
quarter one earnings results that the company historically closes a couple of hundred Burger King restaurants each year. Uh, so far this year, several large Burger King franchises have filed for bankruptcy. Illinois-based Tom's King, Michigan-based EYM King, and Utah-based Meridian Restaurants Unlimited. According to a restaurant brand and a national release, announcing the earnings, 124 Burger Kings have already shuttered this year, being uh, bringing a total number in the U.S. to fewer than 7,000. Uh, Cobbs has said in a call that the company plans to focus on working with smaller franchises to improve the overall health of the company's franchise system. He said the company plans to only allow high-quality operators to build or acquire existing restaurants who will operate regionally and with local ownership. Okay, yeah, sure. They just systematically just close restaurants and stuff. But I guess from, from a business standpoint, that does make some sort of sense, considering you know you got to figure out your overall operating budget. You got to get rid of the low-performing places versus the places that are doing really, really good. So... Kind of suck, but maybe also I think what would help is that they make the Whopper a Whopper again. And what I mean by that is making it big. Like, why the hell are these burgers so damn small? They're Whoppers, not Whoopers. I swear. I, I, I've seen I've seen ass cheeks bigger than a damn Whopper. I remember Whoppers used to be sizes of ass cheeks. I, they were they used to be huge, the Whopper. And, and yet now we are here. I mean, damn, it's like the Whopper is like the size of a quarter pound of burger from McDonald's quite sad but you know that that's that's where we are right now <laughs> well let's see you know maybe that's not a bad thing that the burger kings are closing because maybe they'll open up more healthier options for other places give people more options to not see a burger king every now and then and just be like oh well you know uh i'll just go to this spot this mom and pop spot seems healthier we'll see i don't know okay so i got about you know, five minutes roughly so let's see what else i got here Let's see here. Uh, seeing articles about babies, babies, babies. Uh, now this, this article is kind of crazy. Colorado homebuyer discovers snakes in walls as she moves in. She says, I'm petrified. <laughs> God, first snakes on the plane, now snakes on the walls. Um, it says here, a woman in Centennial, Colorado, discovered a, a dangerous surprise inside her family's new house. Upon moving into her new Netherlands Circle home in April, she discovered the structure was infested with snakes. She quote on saying, I was unpacking in here and one of my dogs crouched down and started walking over to this corner really slow. So I was like, what is it, buddy? Said homeowner Amber Hall. Uh, she says, I thought it may have been a spider. I mean, maybe it was a spider, whatever. I came over and as I came over, I saw the snakes slither up the wall, she said. I started watching and then there were more and more snakes. Uh, it says here, Hall described her as a um, Hall described her as a 46-year-old single mother who has worked her whole life to purchase a home. She discovered that the legless reptiles have nested both inside and underneath their new house, burrowing within the drywall and under the patio. Uh, she goes on to say that she spent over a thousand dollars seeking professional help with the infestation. The family has used traps and hired a snake wrangler to help dispose of the pest. She told Fox 31 that the real estate agent who helped facilitate the sale has not been cooperating with her complaints. She goes on to say, I just want somebody to be responsible for whatever it takes to get them out, she says. Um, to be honest with you, I don't know if I can even live here peacefully. I'm petrified. Hall told the outlet she is not unpacking her belongings or committing to moving into home until the matter is resolved. Good for you, Amber. Good for you. It sounds like to me that the last homeowners may have had a snake or snakes and somehow hid the damn snakes and they just became their own big happy family. And now they're all up and down the walls and shit. Like, 
even despite the fact you get rid of all those snakes, it's just the idea. How can you sleep at night knowing that there's a possibility that there's a snake slithering around somewhere still in the home? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. It's like that hotel episode I did in the first season where there was roaches in the damn hotel room. It took me two nights even in my bed to even get used to, like, sleeping. Because I was just like, man, this ain't this ain't it. So, I mean, mm, mm -mm. I don't know. Hopefully it gets resolved. Um, and she probably never want to see another snake again, I'm sure. So, um, best of luck to her. Yep. Okay, so hey, I'm going to wrap this uh, podcast episode up. I don't have any more news articles. It looks like I'm done. Okay, so boom. Okay, now back to our regularly scheduled programs, news out of a hat. And then tomorrow, uh, whatever episode is going to be, I have a couple of topics lined up for this week. Um, and I don't, you know, they will appear when they appear. So just stay tuned for the newest episodes coming up. I try to do it every day, depending on my schedule. Uh, what time I get in, if I get in too late from work, not happening. Okay. All right. So, hey, thanks for listening to this podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Numbers are looking pretty darn good. Tennessee, you're still my number one listener. And New York, you're still in fourth place. Come on. I need some more New York listeners. Come on. Hey, Staten Island, if you want to join in too, come on in. Staten Island, yes, you are still very much part of New York City, although 100% of the city doesn't agree with that. Okay, so hey, thanks for listening. Stay tuned for tomorrow's episode and have a great night. Be good to each other and all that cool stuff. And we'll do it again tomorrow. Have a great night.